Hello and welcome to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard. Thanks for joining us again. We're going to be speaking with returning guest Michael Morgan. He's the president of UpDocs. He's joining us to talk about some of the biggest challenges that practices are facing when implementing a virtual care strategy. He's also going to touch a little bit on how virtual care technology can further increase workflow efficiencies and a little bit about what comprehensive virtual care strategies look like and also how to seamlessly implement them. A lot to talk about in just a few minutes. Welcome back, Michael. How have you been? Great. Thank you, Neil, for having me. been doing well. Good. Uh, give our listeners who may not be familiar with you as a contributor a little bit of your professional background and then talk briefly about your role as a president of UpDocs. Yes. been in healthcare for nearly 20 years now and focused on healthcare technology. Mm-hmm. Um, a wide range of roles had, had worked and been involved in electronic health records, but now with UpDocs, very excited. It's really where the future of healthcare is going. And it's all about how do you help bring and shepherd forward the concept of consumerism, help medical practices do a better job of communicating with patients and coordinating care, um, both inside the office and outside the four walls. We said we were going to talk a little bit about some of the challenges that a practice might face when they're trying to implement a virtual care strategy. Now, uh, UpDocs, of course, deals with in-person and virtual care. Uh, define virtual care for us, not just you know telehealth. We're all familiar with that. And further explain what virtual care strategy is. Yes, and I think that's a really important distinction because virtual care is really about how do you take care of a patient when they're not in your office. And so clearly that involves when they're at home, but it's not even around the visit, but it's all the things you're doing to help the patient stay well in between visits. Mm -hmm. And so clearly with COVID, there was a really big push to quickly enable the ability to do a video visit. And I think sometimes that is thought of as synonymous with virtual care, but it's really not. Virtual care is about all the different ways that you can take care of and really touch and communicate with that patient when they're outside the four walls. So what does a comprehensive virtual care strategy look like? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing is how do I communicate with my mass population of patients and being able to do that ongoing basis. And so if you think about really thinking about your patient population in different groups, there are people, say, under 50. There are people who are your diabetic patients. And so the first step of a virtual care strategy is how do I segment my patient population, and then how do I create a communication plan that's really tailored to that specific population? And then when it comes time to actually then have them schedule a um, an appointment, you want to make that really easy. You want to be able to easily triage them and then be able to communicate with them, whether it's text message or secure email, and to be able to help them prep for that visit. And then clearly, if it's a virtual visit, be able to do that via video, but then to be able to follow up afterwards. So think about the entire patient journey from the patients at home, how am I communicating with them, to I'm prepping them for a visit, I'm doing a visit, and then I'm doing the follow-up. And so being able to do all that with the technology and tools in a way that the patient feels that it's convenient, and it really helps them adhere to their treatment plans a lot better because it is more convenient for the patient. So that doesn't sound like it can be made simple and easy. How do you implement that seamlessly? I mean, there are so many different patient populations, so many different um, possible outcomes. How does that happen, as you say, uh, easily? Yeah, and I think that is the key, and, and it has to be easy. And so some of the things that we found, just, you know, tips, 
is it has to be easy for the patient. And a lot of times that means they don't have an app to download. So if you think about that, how do you make it easy for the patient? But you're right. For the practice, it can seem daunting or overwhelming. We always like to talk when we work with practices. Think about this as a comprehensive strategy. I think if they're trying to piece together a bunch of different technology and log into a bunch of different systems, it really does become overwhelming. So step one is typically to get a platform that helps you reach out and touch patients in all these different ways, whether it's mass communication, sending secure email, sending secure text, or doing video. Those are really the core kind of four fundamental pieces of reaching out to a patient. So the first step is get that foundation in place, make it comprehensive. But then you're absolutely right, Neil. A lot of this becomes planning. And so what we see are people typically or practices will take certain patient populations, um, like a gastro practice, for example. They might focus on people that need to come in for colonoscopies. A PCP might focus on people that are diabetic. Um, and they really understand how to run that program, and then they use that as the foundation to then expand off of ultimately being able to capture all their different populations. Now, once you've um, decided to implement this strategy and you're you know chugging right along, certainly there are going to be other challenges. Have the challenges that you've seen varied greatly among practices, or are they similar from practice to practice? I think... There are a lot of similarities as people have gone through this um, evolution. I think probably one of the biggest challenges that, that people have faced is how to staff and integrate a virtual health strategy into their practice when they're also trying to see patients in their office. Because during COVID, when a lot of offices shut down, they only did virtual, and they were able to do that fairly effectively. Now that patients are coming into the office, there's been some challenges about, okay, which appointments do I bring in and I do that virtually? How do I coordinate my schedule if I'm going to see a patient virtually, but then the next patient is in the office? Um, we've clearly seen uh, some practices do that better, uh, but that's probably that whole concept around how do I integrate an in-person and virtual health strategy, and then how do I appropriately staff for that has probably been, been some of the biggest challenges. Do you ever recommend a full virtual care strategy for practice? Are there benefits uh, going that route as opposed to trying to do both? Yeah, no, I think that's a good that's a good question. There's been some discussions um, on that. I will say most of the practices, for example, we've had experience with, they've had the traditional practice prior to a virtual strategy, so it's a little difficult for them. Um, to make that move. I think if you look at the virtual health strategy over, there are companies out there that are virtual health only, and they were like that pre-COVID. I think the problem is some of the patients didn't necessarily want to go completely virtual. They wanted to be able to have their traditional physician that they've been used to going to for years. They wanted them to be able to um, offer a virtual strategy. So that's why we're really excited that this is just a new opportunity because clearly healthcare is hard. And there can be a lot of complexities in healthcare. So for the traditional physician that's in the community that's had a practice for a number of years, as they continue to learn and are able to successfully bring a virtual health strategy in and make that in addition Mm -hmm. to their current kind of brick-and-mortar practice, this really does enable them to have an additive business. It enables them to give the patients what they want. And it really puts them on this path as you think about the future of healthcare being around consumerism and patients being treated as customers. And ultimately, where healthcare is going around value-based care, this is giving them that foundation to be more successful as healthcare continues to progress. 
In your experience, which patient population would you say is the, um, I guess, the most apprehensive to virtual care? And how have you convinced them to be more willing to go that route as patients? Yeah, no, that, that, that's, I think that's a very interesting topic and something that we learned a lot uh, through COVID. Because, again, I think pre-COVID, there's a lot less use. During COVID, and I would almost maybe position the question as a little bit of, you know, what was one of the preconceived notions? And I think a lot of it was that the older population would not, you know, so patients over 70 would not use virtual health. Um, I think that was the notion headed in. I think we've continued to see that population actually be more and more engaged. Now, the trick has been it has to be really easy to use. And that's where we've spent a lot of time, and I think a lot of technology out there has, but the concept of not having to download an app, being able to quickly click a link and engage, making sure that the physician and the staff can easily see whether that patient is ready and their phone is compliant and then kind of ready to go. So making all that easy so you can engage that initial, um, uh, you know, session is extremely important. And when we were, you know, going through, we talk a lot about this and we focus a lot of our effort on designing product for that population over 70 to make sure, because quite frankly, there are a lot of the, the population that has the comorbidities. Mm-hmm. They are the ones that could benefit the most because they can't necessarily travel as easily. And so really focusing on getting that population to be really engaged in a virtual strategy is key. And, and I think, you know, we, we've seen that really continue to grow and, and we're excited about how engaged that population has become. Well, Michael, where can our listeners go online and get much more information about UpDocs and much more information about these uh, strategies that we've been talking about? They can visit www.updocs.com. So it's U-P-D-O-X. And on the website, we do have information about solutions, but we also have a great blog and other resources where we have uh, case studies of customers. And then, you know, quite frankly, just some of these topics here really just focus on um, surveys about how other practices have viewed and implemented. So really around best practices. And, and that's what our intent is. We just want to be able to take a lot of the information that we've been able to gather and be able to share that with practices as they think about their virtual strategy. Michael, always a pleasure. Looking forward to our next conversation. Thanks for joining us today. Great. Thank you so much, Neil. You've been listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard, in conversation with Michael Morgan, president of UpDocs. Audio copies of this program are available at hpr.fm and healthprofessionalradio.com.au. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, listen in, download at SoundCloud, and be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com Health Professional Radio.